0: Well good morning everyone, why don't you uh, grab a seat, we're going to push forward on the series we've been looking at at the moment which is coming from Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes which is at the start of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus spoke and it's all about uh, how we need to be if we're going to be salt and light to our world and to our community which is obviously the message that we have as a, a church. For this year and last week Pam spoke from Matthew 5 verse 3 in the message translation and this week we're going on to the next verse the next thing that Jesus said which is you are blessed when you feel like you have lost what is most dear to you only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you are you uh, are you ready this morning in the next 20 minutes to have a crash course on Matthew 5 verse 4. Good because I, I just have this feeling that um, that today can be more than a message i mean this this passage, what Jesus says here is really speaking to anybody whoever feels like they have lost something that they 've been in a place of mourning, whether it 's a, a loved one whether it 's your your career, your job, whether you've given up on a dream, whether something in your body is no longer working the way that it should. I mean, I'm pretty sure, and I include myself in this, that there is a room full of people here that at some point in their life, maybe even today, have found themselves in a place of mourning or of loss, and I just really believe that, that over the next 20 minutes, half an hour, that God can really do something incredible in this place, that He can really come and visit us, that He can embrace us just like Sarah talked about. And we can walk out of here feeling a little bit different, feeling a bit stronger, feeling a bit more built up to go and be salt and light in our worlds and in our communities for this week and belong. So I just want to pray. And if you, if you are feeling in that place right now, uh, you don't need to put your hand up or anything, but just be included in this prayer. And And I really believe that God will do something great here this morning. Are you with me? Yeah. Three of us. That's good. I'll talk to you guys today. But Lord, we thank you that, uh, that no matter what we're going through, no matter the trial, the circumstances, no matter the pity party that we find ourselves in at time times, that you will be there for us, that your will for our life is to live a life that's abundant, a life that is blessed, a life that is a shining example of your love to everyone who is around us and sees us. So Lord, this morning I pray for all of us who have ever found ourselves or find ourselves today in a situation of loss of mourning, of sadness, of grief, of giving up on dreams, of feeling broken, Lord, that you would come and you would speak to us, that you would clear our minds of preconceptions and ideas and things that have been said, and you would open up our hearts to be healed and to hear from you today. We thank you, Lord. Amen. I love this scripture, and uh, we're reading it from the message translation for this series, but I just love that it says this word, feel. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. And I just, I believe that this whole understanding of this scripture can be wrapped up in that one word. Because so often in our life, we feel like we've lost what is most dear to us, but it's only then that we realize that the one, that Jesus Christ, is actually the thing that is most dear to us in our life, the thing that we most need in every circumstance. And uh, you may have heard about a guy uh, named Horatio Spafford, uh, who was alive in the 1800s. Anyone heard of Horatio? Uh, You may have by the end of this. He was a prominent American lawyer. Well, you definitely will have because I'm telling you about him. Uh, And he was a property investor and he lost everything he had in the Chicago fires of 1871. Uh, The economic downturn of 1873 ruined his second chance of success. So he sent his family to Europe and he stayed behind to try and rebuild. While his wife and four daughters were crossing the Atlantic, their ship was struck by another And sank, only his wife survived and this inspired Spafford to write the words, the very famous hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Does anyone know him now? When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, I ain't glad I'm not singing it. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Spafford knew well the feeling of losing everything that he had that was most dear to him so many times over Uh, but in the end he knew that the most dear thing that he had was Jesus Christ and that's what he found Uh, he actually wrote the words to this song the history tells us that as he was traveling across to Europe and they said to him sir this is the spot where you're where your family lost their life. He, he wrote this song during that time, right in the midst of his mourning, of his loss, right in the situation, right in the very place, he penned the words, it is still well with my soul, because he knew well that when he felt like he had lost everything, only then could he be embraced by the one that was most dear to him. First uh, John 2 verse 15 says, Don't love the world's ways, don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Back to Matthew five four, and I believe today's theme is is Greek words. Thank you Sarah, I'm gonna jump on board that today. I'm not Greek, the, the greatest uh, education I've had on Greek is the movie My, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which uh, we know that every word in the history of the entire word now comes from uh, the Greek language. But, um, but you know half the Bible was written in Greek so it's important to us but When the the Greek word that is used for embraced in Matthew 5 verse 4 or in some other translations it it comes through as comforted is, uh, here we go, parakaleo. Did all right, I see some raised eyebrows. Parakaleo, I have practiced that so many times. But understanding the meaning of this word actually helps us to understand the action that we need to take uh, in Matthew five four, If we can pop that one back up if you've still got it there, Caleb, thanks. Because when we find ourselves in the place of, of mourning or of loss, what does our situation normally look like? We're normally isolated, we're normally sad, depressed, withdrawn in a dark place, uh, uh, stuck, not moving. That That's the situation that we often find ourselves in when we're experiencing loss in our life. When we're in that situation of morning but this word parakaleo is better translated in english to to call to one side to call for to to summon into a situation so matthew 5 verse 4 could read a little bit more like this you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you only then can you call for summon to have by your side the one that is most dear to you so Typically, when we're sitting in our, our, our place of mourning, our, our pity party, waiting and expecting for, for someone to turn up and rescue us, the action and responsibility on us is to cry out, to seek, to summon, to call upon, to bring Jesus and the promises of God into the situation that we're at. Not necessarily to wait for it to be rescued from it and be taken to a different place, but rather to call and summon the promise of Jesus, the power of Jesus into the place where we are at. And that's what this word parakaleo means. So tomorrow at work, when you're talking about some random trivia, you can just say, do you know what the Greek word parakaleo means? And you'll get fired. Um, so the interesting, uh, yesterday I had this random little situation that really kind of summed this up for me and painted a really good picture. I was at my parents' house and uh, and and my son had stayed there the night before and he came out, and I won't tell you which one it is, but it's the, the middle one. And he, he came out and he was upset and almost to the point in tears. He was distraught. He was uh, really, really... Um, yeah, upset because he couldn't fit everything that he wanted to do, wanted to fit into his little suitcase, which was cute, but interesting. And, uh, and, and he said to me, I need some help. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I, I realized I was, I was busy and I was about to say to him, mate, just, just go and do your best to put it in there. But I, I realized the best thing for me to do was to go and be a part of what was happening in his little bedroom at grandma's house. And actually help him in his situation. And straight away I just felt God show him, you know, this is what parakaleo is. It's the moment when we are so distraught, so upset. When we have lost or have the feeling that we have lost everything that is most valuable and most important to us. And we just can't get the zipper done up on our suitcase. And when we go and request of the Father, when we call and when we summon. He comes to the place where we are to help us. We can call in in our circumstances, the promises that God has given us into the place where we are at, not just stay there in our misery, trying to get the zipper done up. James 4 verse 8, the first part of it says, Come close to God and God will will come close to you. It's that intimacy that Sarah was talking about that we have just spent some time hearing about and, and sharing in communion. But this same word that is used for embrace or comforted, this parakaleo, is the same word that is used in the story of Jairus in Luke chapter 8. So today I want to, uh, to break apart this passage and look at th- three of the ways to be salt and light in our world to add flavor, to bring light, to show God's love, who he is in our situations when we feel like we've lost what is most dear to us. And so we're going to have a look in a moment at Luke chapter 8. But Jairus, and it's really just not long after Jesus actually did the Sermon on the Mount and talked about these things. We're just looking at it in a a different gospel. But Jairus was a, a synagogue ruler. He was a Jew. He was someone who most likely should have been or was surrounded by people who would have been opposing Jesus. Uh, His daughter, which we're about to find out, was at home dying. And as per the meaning of this word, parakaleo, uh, he was calling, summoning Jesus to come to his place of mourning. He needed Jesus. He needed the presence of God to come to the place where he needed him to be. A real humbling experience for a man in his position to come and seek the one that, you know, in just a short time, the same group that he's a part of, the Pharisees, arrested and, and handed Jesus over to the authorities. But the three ways to be salt and light that we're going to look at in this, this passage, if you're taking notes, are number one, to trust in him, number two, to be positive, and number three, to get strong, and I promise there would be no CrossFit references today. All right, so Luke chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 41. And included in this, this time that, that Jesus had this, um, th- this request from Jairus is the incredible story of when in the crowd, the woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched Jesus. And, and it's an incredible story and a great moment That was recorded here, but we're going to skip past that today and just focus on the story of Jairus and his daughter. So starting in verse 41, there was a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, parakaleoing him, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter was about 12 years old and was dying Jump over to verse 49, and it says, While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, 'Your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher. Now, but when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith, and she will be healed. The message translation says, Don't be upset, just trust me and everything. Will be alright. The first thing that we need to do when we find ourselves in these situations of loss and mourning is, is simple in explanation but difficult in practicality, and that is to trust God. Here we have a man who's just received news that his daughter, is at, who was at home quite unwell, has passed away. And the first thing that Jesus says to him, the first message to anyone who finds themselves in a place of loss, is trust me. Don't be upset. Just trust me and everything will be all right. Has anyone ever found that to be the hardest message to hear when you're in a time of loss, a time of grief, a time of mourning? In Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Trusting in Him. What a great example of what it means to have our faith and our trust in God in any circumstance and in any situation. It's like a tree whose roots are so deep that regardless of what happens on the surface, Regardless of the weather events, the lack of rain, the wind, anything that happens, that tree still has the ability to have green leaves. Never fails to bear fruit in any season, in any circumstance because its roots are so deep in trusting in God. And for us to be salt and light in our worlds and in our our communities, our schools, our workplaces, in in the people that we associate with, our families, we need to be people who have such trust in what God has for us that it's like our roots are so deep that regardless of the situations that come, the loss that happens, the things that when the people around us look and say, you should not have green leaves at the moment. You should not be able to bear fruit. We are people who are so trusting in him that no matter the season, no matter what we face, our leaves are always green and we never fail to bear the fruit that we need. Verse 51, when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the little girls, father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew that she had died. Have you ever been in a situation where there's plenty of people around you that give you advice? All the Claytons just laughed. That's really awkward. You know when you find yourself in those situations where you're trusting in God, your roots might be deep down into everything that He has for us or the promises that He has and people are saying, your leaves should not be green right now. This is not a time to be positive, to be full of faith. This is not a time to say, she's only sleeping, everything will be all right. This is a time to do this, do that, follow this way, try this advice. I love that when Jesus got to this place, he walked through the crowd of people. Now, Jairus was a significant and influential person in his community. There would have been a large crowd of people who cared for him, who knew him, who wanted to look good for him, turning up at his house to mourn and be a part of what was happening there. And Jesus walks through all of them and wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, the little girl's father and mother. All because the crowd laughed at him. You see, when we're in these situations and we have our roots down deep, trusting in God, we gotta be careful what voices we allow to talk to us, who we allow in our house, who are the people, who are our Peter, our James, and our John that we keep close to us, who are gonna keep speaking life into us, that are gonna keep reminding us of the promises that we have deep down within us of what God has said that he will do and bringing us through our situation because too often we can fall apart. We can end up in a deeper mess. We can spend too much time in our place of loss and of grief because we allow the people who want to laugh to surround us. When we want to be salt and light, when we want to be bearers of fruit, In midst of any circumstances, we need to keep surrounding ourselves with positive people. Keep listening to the people. Keep studying the Word of God. Listening to those that are going to speak life into you, that are going to speak faith into the situation that you are in, that are going to embrace and bring Jesus to where you are at and not laugh at you when you stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to trust God and everything will be all right. Verse fifty. 4, 10.45, we're doing well. told you it would be a crash course. I might get the, the band to come up and just Joel at this stage. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. When you bring Jesus to the place of your loss, And I'm really believing that there are people here right now that the Holy Spirit's really going to speak to you about this. When you bring Jesus to the place of your loss, when you embrace Him, when you summon Him, when you refuse to just sit there in this place and allow the circumstances or the voices of the world to speak to you, but you decide that you are going to be salt and light. When you bring Jesus to this place, He's going to tell you to get up. He's going to tell you to get fed so you can get strong. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. He walked into the little girl and he said, get up. He lifted her up and he told the parents to feed her, get some food into her, get her strong, get her energy back. You know that when you're in a place of loss, when you're in a place of mourning, you can feel so drained, so empty. You can feel like you don't have the strength to even get up some days. And that's why Jesus said to this, these parents, You need to feed her. You need to feed her on what makes her strong. The Bible is full of the promises that God has given us for every situation that we would face, every challenge that you have had to come across, every challenge that you will, every situation, every feeling of loss, any temptation sickness, disease, need for healing, God has a promise that is for your situation. When you trust in Him, when you put your roots down deep so that we can be salt and light in any situation, when you listen to the voices around you that are going to speak life into you, when you reach for the Word of God before you Google it, When you bring up a podcast of a message before you, Google it again. Find the voices that speak life into your situation, that bring the promises of God. Because when Jesus comes in, he's going to say, get up, get fed. Get fed. Get some food into you. Get some promises of God. Start speaking some faith and some life into the situation so that you can get strong. Because when you're strong, you will be salt. You will be light. You will change the circumstance that you're in. Here's some promises that we're going to go through today. And I, I don't know if, if, if this relates to you. I, I just, yesterday when I was preparing this, I just prayed. And just felt led to different promises that I, I knew from the Word of God. It certainly is not an exhaustive list. You can find plenty of them in here before you Google. But I don't know if this speaks to your situation, but if it does this morning, I want to believe that in the next 10 minutes, as we worship and as we, as we parakaleo and summon and bring Jesus into our situation, that your life will be changed this morning that your mind would be clear of the words that tell you or laugh at the faith that you want to have in trusting God to step out of where you are at right now, that you would leave this place, that you would be saltier, that you would be more of a shining light for Jesus wherever you walk this week because something is about to break in your life right now. If you have ever faced trouble in your life, if you have ever found yourself in a place of trouble, of not knowing where to get out of, then get up and get fed with Psalms 50 verse 15 because God said, then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you. If you're in that place right now, that is a promise for you to get fed and get strong on right now. When you feel like you are trapped, when you feel like you are stuck in something, when you feel like sin or your past is holding you back, when you feel like you can't get out of where you are, The promise that you can get fed on right here, right now is John 8, 36, where it says, so if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. If you are stuck in a place right now and feel like you can never get out of it, then you are listening to voices that are laughing at you in your head because the food that you have this morning to get up, get fed, and get strong is that if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. When guilt rules your life, when you hear about being salt and light and you can't stop thinking about where you've come from, remember a couple of things. Remember Jesus saved you and he died for you knowing what you have done and everything that you will do and he still chose to love you. He still chose to have you in this place. But better than that, Romans 8 Verse 1 to 2 says, Now there is, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. If guilt is ruling your life, if your past controls your today and your future, then get up and get fed on this promise that you have so you can get strong. There's nothing that can hold you back. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. When you are tempted, when you are tempted, when you feel like you could be pulled away, when something feels more appealing than the will of God, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Remember this. When the voices around you want to laugh at you for your faith, young person, for your decision to honor the Word of God through your teenage years. Remember this, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. When you embrace Jesus, When you parakaleo, when you summon him into the situation that you're in. Young people, I'm looking and talking to you because we are the ones that face so much temptation every day. When you bring Jesus into your situation, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Don't Google it. Get fed on 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. When the past rules you, when people want to remind you, When the circumstances, when the journey that you're on is going a little bit slower than you wish it would, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person. Any new people here today, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Call Jesus into the situation that you're in and remember, your old life is gone. How can anyone hold against you what you've done in the past when the promise of God that you can get up, get fed, and get strong on today says that your old life doesn't even exist anymore. It's wiped. It's erased. You are a new person, a new creation, a new life began the moment that you accepted salvation into your life. When you feel like or you're reminded of words that were said to you that never should have been said. When you feel the, the stirring in your heart to go and be salt and light and you remember that once upon a time someone told you that you weren't good enough, that you weren't meant to be here, that you were a mistake, that you weren't planned, that whether it was said out of love or whether it was said out of hate, whether you were once told that you would never amount to anything, when you told somebody your dream and what God spoke to you and the people around you laughed, even though you trusted in God, you remember the scripture that we love in Jeremiah 29, 11, which God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. If you feel that, if you ever doubt yourself, you remember, this is what God says about you. I know the plans that I have not anyone else. They are plans for good. They are plans that give you a future and a hope. When you are tired, just being a parent maybe, when it feels too much, when the weight of responsibility of what God has asked you to do for the to be salt and light in your community when it all feels too much. I love this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When hopelessness takes over in your life, When you feel like there cannot be a tomorrow, Philippians 4.19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Sarah has already given a testimony of that this morning. In the place of hopelessness, call in the presence of Jesus and remember that promise. He will take care of you, supply all your needs. Is this good? Can we keep going? Good. When the enemy tells you that you are not saved by grace, when all those things remind you, when Facebook pops up and reminds you, this is what you did six years ago. I hate Facebook for this. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see what I was doing six years ago. I'll look at the photos of my kids, but but I don't want to be reminded of some things. I don't want to give... The enemy opportunity to question my salvation, whether I am really saved by grace. Because in those times, that's when I can get up and I can get fed. Because Romans 10 tells me, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in all your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. Is that us, church? Do we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and do we believe with all our heart? then how can any voice laugh at us for our trust in God and our belief in our salvation and our belief that Jesus will come to any circumstance, any situation and feed us so that we can be strong. When bad things happen, when they do, Romans 8, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Steve Witten said to me once that his understanding of this is it's almost God makes it work so good that it's almost like he meant it to happen. But that's because in our circumstances, we can get up and get fed and know that no matter what the enemy brings against us, no matter the circumstance that we're in, God can almost make it seem like it was meant to be because our life will be so much better when we get strong and get out of that situation when our future seems lost. When we're in in that place of mourning, Philippians 1 verse 6, And I am certain, certain because my roots are down deep in the water, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You see, you haven't lost anything. If you're still on the journey towards Jesus, if every day you are waking up and saying, Jesus, come here, let's get up, get strong, get fed, get out of this place, then nothing is lost. You are still on the journey. And here's the miscellaneous one. If I haven't covered something that feels you, this one's about to get you because this is like the coverall. This is the coverall. Why don't we stand up this morning before we read this and before we get to this one because I just want us to break forth in worship. I think the greatest sound that can come from any situation of loss is one of praise. Any situation of brokenness is one of praise. Any situation of feeling scared not knowing the future, praise is what will bring you out of that place. Praise is what will break away the chains and open the door of the prison that you're in. And so for anything that we're facing this morning, Romans 8:37 to 39, none of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, nothing angelic or demonic nothing today or tomorrow, nothing high or low, nothing thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced.